Hello, thank you for joining us. It's another weekly episode of Friendly Reminder. It's your friendly reminder of what's going on around the world, in our lives, and everything in between. My name is Gus, and I'll be your host. And joining me, as always, are my two dear friends. Sam, how are you today? I'm doing very well. Good to hear. Daniel, how are you? Full of stonks. Stonks. (laughs) Yeah. We'll talk about that in a second. (laughs) It's a very stonk-centric week this, this, this time around. We're moving away from politics. We're in the world of financial advice. Welcome to your weekly friendly reminder in finance, investing, and the stock market. The stock, uh, just stonk market. The stonk, the stock market. I haven't been this excited about the stock market since Animal Crossing came out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure a lot of our listeners uh, already know what we're talking about. We're we're talking about the whole GameStop situation, um, or at least started by Game. Uh, it's it's uh, kind of uh, moved on to other <laughs> other companies as well, um, and it's just a big circus going on in the stock market. And we're here. We're going to do our best to try to describe the situation, try to explain the situation, uh, and then have basically uh, as much of a discussion as we can about this because it's it's a mess. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this about the stock market, but it is purposefully complicated stupid to understand. A lot of it doesn't make any sense. Um, I'm going to try my best to just try to explain the situation. It probably isn't going to be 100% clear either, but we're going to give it a shot. So I'm going to start. Stocks are easy. I don't know what you're talking about, Gus. Yeah. Yeah. Just shorting, selling, call (laughs) options, uh, put, buy a put, sell a put. Um, Short outside the box, short inside the box, short through the box. Think think short outside the box. so let's start with GameStop, right? Because that's that's kind of like the the main company that this is all revolved around. It it really jump started this conversation. I think we're all familiar with GameStop. I think a lot of our listeners are probably familiar with GameStop. It's a brick and mortar retail store that specializes in selling video games, uh, video game accessories, toys, uh, video game centric toys, among other things. Um, and you know, in its heyday, it was everywhere. It was ubiquitous. It was in every mall, every plaza. You didn't go to the mall without going to GameStop at least once. So even even if you weren't going to buy anything, you were just going to go there and play play a demo or just look around. Uh, we're all very familiar with it. Um, it. It really blew up back in its heyday. Um, it, it bought up a lot of other retail video game retail chains. It, uh, you know, it kind of also drove a lot of mom and pop shops out of business as well because it was so prevalent and you know this is kind of me kind of just touching on the point that maybe uh there's not like clear heroes and villains involved in this story as much as we would want them to be um there's i think there's maybe a there's a clear villain (laughs) there's a clear villain heroes (laughs) yeah yeah there's a clear villain here but um Lately, at least the last couple of years, maybe the last five years, GameStop has run into a lot of issues. Um, This this is even like pre-COVID, obviously, if it's the last five years. Um, It's due to the fact that malls are dying. Um, Digital sales, especially in video games, are are going up. Uh, There's been a a lot of mismanagement going around in GameSpot on both the corporate level as well as the storefront level. Uh, A lot of layoffs uh, in the recent years, again, also in the corporate level, but also uh, going into the 
the retail level as well. Thousands and thousands of employees have been laid off, uh, you know, these last couple of years. Um, so that's the first player. But obviously, when when you have these kind of financial trouble, and then the pandemic hit, and that's an even, you know, that that just multiplied the the issues for GameStop. Um, so. Looking at all those troubles, this is when the second, uh, you know, player in the game comes in, and we're talking about hedge funds, institutional inve- uh, investors, uh, big investment companies that saw the blood in the water, and they decided that it's you know GameStop is done. So what do they do as investors? Uh, they sold the stock short. Uh, they they it's called short selling. Um, and, you know, just going to try my best here to, to explain short selling. So when you sell a stock short, essentially what you're doing is you're going to a broker, you're borrowing the stock. And once you borrow the stock, the first thing you do is you sell it at market price immediately. And Sam, I know what you're what you're thinking. You're thinking, why would you sell something that you don't actually own? That's a great question. I'm glad you brought that up. So, <laughs> so obviously they have to give the stock back eventually. Like they're they're loaning it, they're paying an interest, but at some point you, uh, they have to give the stock back eventually, or the broker always reserves the right to to call it back when whenever they want to. Um, so they're thinking when when they loan the stock and they sell it is that we don't have anything to worry about because this sucker's going down. Uh, the the price of this stock is going to go down so much, and once it does, we're going to buy it at a cheap price and we're going to give it back to the to the broker like here you go here's your stock good as new no issue and they're going to pocket the difference that's the simplified version of selling a stock short and that's how they profit but sam i i can see that you're you're about to ask the question well that's if they're right that that's if the price goes down and they win what happens if the if if the price goes up it's a great question sam so this is where the third player, this is where the third player in the game comes in, and we're talking about an army of redditors, a band of of misfits, uh, a, a bunch of day traders uh, using several services. But one of the ones that kind of grew in prominence here is the service Robinhood, and again, just a bunch of day traders that, and there's there's a debate as to what the reason was decided that they disagree with that, that they're going to purchase the stock of, of GameSpot, uh, GameStop. And an army of, of investors, of retail investors, decided to do this very thing. And somehow, against all odds, the stock of GameStop just shot up tremendously, almost overnight. It's probably not overnight. It probably took a couple of days, maybe weeks, but it just, it just, blew up it was bananas like it it it, it increased like what 300 percent. i don't even know but it, it went crazy so what happens when when this happens especially when you when you're in in the seat of a of an institutional investor that shorted this stock so much well you probably freak the fuck out right because your bet is seemingly wrong and what a lot of investors do at this point is they're trying to cover their losses so they close their position and in the stock market, how do you close your position? Well, you do the opposite of how you started it. So if you sold it, you're buying. So you buy the stock at whatever price it is because you're thinking it's just going to keep going up and up and you might as well just, just cut your losses here and you give it back to, to the broker dealer. But you're buying the stock. So what does that do? It, it makes the, the price, price go even higher. Yep. <laughs> and 
that is what essentially is called a short squeeze. And what we're seeing right now is the mother of all short squeezes. Uh, and it's been a roller coaster, a joyride on my end, because I'm not invested in anything. I've just had a big <laughs> smile in my face just looking at this fucking mess. And that's more or less where we are right now. And so that's at least where I want one hedge fund had to take had to take a uh Melvin Capital, I believe, had to take a an associate loan or a cash infusion of several billion dollars because they had such a large short position that they weren't able to adequately cover. <laughs> Yeah. So apparently they were, yeah, they weren't able to cover these shorts at the market price they were wanting to. Um, but the so these hedge funds, so the story behind this is ostensibly these hedge funds are so are, are have such a high short position. And the thing with short sales that is not true with just normal investing is that there's no cap on your potential losses because your your potential loss is the negation of whatever the price is, and the price can go up infinitely. <laughs> You're forced yeah. to buy that stock at whatever you can get it at, and that is your loss. So these so potentially they could take infinite losses. So that's what this squeeze is. That's what these redditors, or what started as, I guess, these redditors, are trying to do is to push these uh, hedge funds. Basically, uh, you know, different people are doing it for different reasons, and that's what I find so interesting about this is because it started on Wall Street bets, which is a very memey, very almost edge lordy betting subreddit like there's kind of a more straight laced investing subreddit on on reddit that's that's about day trading and this is the more like it, it it's bonkers you go on there and, and you're not even really sure what anything means because it's all in like coded languages there's memes there's pictures of bananas and monkeys and snakes and diamonds and paper towel rolls and you don't know what rockets. anything means lots of rockets, rockets yes rockets to the, to moon, the moon, baby. to the moon yeah um the, so uh, the the idea behind this is your you the the motivation behind a lot of these people putting all their money in this is uh we're fighting back against the hedge funds by screwing them by taking them and putting them in this place that that forces them to to bleed cash in order to cover their short positions right um now, if this is just, if this were just uh, sort of the people who had sort of an extra $300 to burn putting their money into this, I would be ecstatic. My my concern, though, is that there might be people putting money into this, not realizing what a risk it is, just seeing, oh, GameStop, that's a great company. <laughs> like, oh, their stock's really expensive. It must be great. And just, or just hearing, you know, oh, GameStop is shooting up. Everybody loves GameStop. Um, I mean, that's always a risk with these kinds of things and, um, you know, with the stock market. But this is this has a more like populist nature to it, which I feel like could hurt a lot of people ultimately not to be like a, a party pooper. But I did, you know, a lot of posts on on Reddit are very much making the point like, you know what? I know I could lose everything. I know that this is this is, you know, bare knuckle jungle capitalism you know i could lose or win anything this is straight up betting a lot of people know that so i'm putting this money in and even though it's you know more money than i can afford and and some people are citing 2008 and saying this is for 
what happened in 2008. You wiped out people's lives. You destroyed people's lives. And they never recovered from that. And people tell very personal stories and say like, and and the thing about Robinhood is they let you buy partial shares. So a lot of people are like, yeah, screw it. I'm, I'm going to buy in on this and I'm going to buy like 0.8 shares because I don't have enough money for a full share. And I'm going to participate in whatever this kind of thing is. And it's all this sort of anxiety in society all pent up against. And it's kind of funny because it's against this one enemy which is wall street (laughs) and everybody just sort of painted a target on wall street and everybody because people from the right a lot of these wall street bet guys are are probably trump guys from from the looks of that you know the the memes and stuff uh and the way that they discuss things and probably from the left a lot of leftists there's a lot of leftist buzz uh, a lot of people in the center are talking about this like it's it's a good thing too in terms of retail challenging the sort of big guys right yeah elon musk uh richest man in the world uh, yes. <laughs> he's, he's a real man of the people elon musk yeah. uh that it, it's it, it is one of those things that's just politics makes strange bedfellows sometimes uh, or i guess capitalism makes strange bedfellows. Finance, i don't know investment finance yeah i don't i yeah it, it, the I do. people who are, are saying this is sort of the revolution are joking themselves to be perfectly honest, this is the house always wins, guys. The, one of the stocks that got pumped was AMC, and then AMC uh, once they hit a AMC was so there's there's two sides to this coin, which is that the redditors might have actually saved AMC from going bankrupt because AMC was about to have to pay a bunch of uh, on a bunch of debt that they weren't going to be able to cover, except that their stock price went up so much that the people who were holding the debt were able to flip that debt into stock and sell it at the enormously pumped price. Um, There's two sides to that, which is to say AMC is saved and might actually exist for another day, the movie theater. But on the other side of that, what happened is who owned that debt is, is a, a fund, you know, another hedge fund. (laughs) So about, you know, several billion dollars of debt capital just went straight into the pocket of that hedge fund when they dumped the equity on the market. Yeah. You're not yeah. going to get a fair redistribution of wealth through the no, stock no, no, market. Guys. Not like, at all. This is, <laughs> the house some people are going to make money. Baby. Like there's, there's going to be retail investors that are going to make a lot of money from this. But don't kid yourself into thinking that this is going to topple this institution. Like they, they, no. there's going to be some hedge funds that are going to lose a lot of money. There's going to be some hedge funds that are going to make a lot of money. Like this, oh. this is not the <laughs> the effective way of redistributing wealth. And I do want to say to our listeners, we're not financial advisors, but I will say, please don't invest more than. <laughs> what you can into this do not just set it on fire for fun do not participate in any of this nonsense these are memes don't do it just don't do it as fake as a lot of the stock market is this is like an even faker level of the stock market like clearly this price is going to come down at some point it has to uh at some level and a so, lot of people are going to be left holding the bag, and hopefully, it won't be a lot of regular people. But you know, I'll say, I'll say that a lot of people. So this is a lot of people are treating this like, yeah, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get all these toxic, overpriced assets, just like the mortgage-backed securities that the banks sucked up in 2008. And you know what happened when those blew up? The government bailed them out. So, hey, government, bail me out. Buy each one of my GameStop stocks at $10,000, by the way. Because if you remember that, they bought a lot of those toxic assets at their mark, at their, uh, 
Yeah. Not at not the value they were worth at. I, I don't forget. I forget exactly what it was, but it was above the market value that where that the government bought those assets. So, you know, they're making some pretty good points, although, I, again, I don't think this is going to blow the system up in the way that they're hoping. But a, a lot of well, people are going to make money off of it. There's also the conversation uh, of like, are they doing this? to make a point like and when i say they i mean like the retail investors the redditors are they doing it to make the point are they doing it for fun are they doing it to fuck with the hedge fund uh, managers is there a quote-unquote like fundamental logical investment reason to 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 actually buy gamestop stock and there are arguments that there is right like the, that there it is highly shorted for once and this is public information that if you actually try to dig in and search for it, you can find it. Um, there's uh, GameStop, at least I believe last quarter or maybe a prior quarter, like posted actually pretty positive uh, digital sales uh, uh, revenue. Um, the CEO of Chewy.com, uh, which is a very popular pet supplies website, joined the the board of directors for GameStop. I actually believe Re Reggie Fizeme, the former president of Nintendo of America, also joined the board of directors. By the way, um, these guys have so much GameStop stock that they probably became like billionaires of, overnight yeah. just based on this. They're on, they're on the board now. <laughs> they're, they're, yeah. <laughs> like uh, Slasher 69 is on the board of directors. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what that... that uh, now, I have not used the word pump and dump yet, and I do not, I have no idea if this is a pump and dump scheme. I've heard people say the word, and I've heard people say that even if this is not, this was not pushed as a pump and dump scheme, um, and a pump and dump is basically where you buy a lot of stock, pump up the price, and then sell it, and, you know, leave everybody else holding the bag. But it can still, you know, it, asset bubbles that aren't explicit pump and dumps can behave like pump and dumps for the people left holding the bag at the end of the day, right? If you're holding the GameStop stock when this pops and it's worth $10 well, and you spent. But that's the whole debate, right? Like in terms of it being pump and dump, uh, I'm not an expert when it comes to this sort of stuff, but my understanding is that pump and dump uh, also has to be tied in. Like, is there misleading information that you're hyping this stock up or false yeah. information or, or, or you're spreading rumors um, uh, to mislead others to kind of purchase uh, this stock? And I'm not sure if there's evidence of that right now. Now, is this market manipulation? Like, are the Redditors like convincing <laughs> everybody and each other to buy stock? Yes, but do hedge funds do this also? Yes, like they they the they make presentations to to their investors. They 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 make arguments as to why a stock is good or as to why they a go stock on, is good. on TV and say I own this many positions of this stock, and obviously they say I'm not giving you financial advice, but I own this many, and I think it's a good stock, and you should own it too, which is just to pump it up. <laughs> And and yeah. it's all all part of their like yes, hedge funds do all these momentum plays, all this kind of thing. Of course, they don't do it out in public in as explicit a way. Uh, like you know, I saw a couple of posts on Reddit that were like, "Oh, be careful not to coordinate," because <laughs> the SEC might be looking at this forum, and anything that looks like coordination to move the market prices could potentially cause problems, which is not inaccurate. So, and if this is the the squeeze that they're thinking about. Because here's the thing. Every pump and dump has a story. Every pump and dump has a story. As uh, they all say, every pump and dump has a story to tell. <laughs> well, I'm saying if somebody call, uh, Look, if I... In the 80s, if I were unscrupulous, I could call you up and say, Hey, man, 
all these fucking hedgies. They're all these elites are are stupid. They're taking this big short position. You could buy this stock and it will take you to the moon. Think about that. Yeah. That's, I mean, that doesn't sound that different than what you're hearing on these forums. So I'm just saying, even if there was maybe a whisper of truth at this point, you know, who, who knows? Maybe all these hedge funds have repositioned themselves completely and they're loving the fact that you're buying into that everybody's just buying and holding GameStop stock and they're just sucking the the gains off this uh and pushing yeah. pushing the theory that you should buy more GameStop stock. There's also the house the, always the, wins. <laughs> yeah. I mean we we can get into the conversation of Robinhood which is a service that uh kind of uh well that, that a lot of these redditors were using to to start this uh, uh pump of the the GameStop uh, stock and this is a free service um you don't you don't have to pay any kind of membership or I'm, I'm not exactly sure of their fee structure but my understanding is that it's a free but the way they make money is that they have deals with um, big investment companies such as Citadel that we may talk about and their whole thing is that they're going to give information as to the activity of retail investors so these investment companies uh, kind of know the trade trends. off that information yeah. Yeah, not only that they can trade up to the second before you you can execute the trade and they can execute and capture a fraction of value before you <laughs> and uh and do it through a program so they're capturing billions of dollars of value out of your pocket when you're doing but in exchange you are getting these commission-free trades i guess so that's the that's the rub, but but in here it was here. Robinhood and other apps actually started to freeze some of these stocks that were being pushed on this forum, and people started to cry foul almost immediately. Not entirely un, you know, without foundation. I mean, Citadel is an enormous investment fund, and they have a and they have a huge financial stake in Melvin, and all these hedge funds have are are possibly in enormous short positions with regard to GameStop. And you know what? If they freeze the, if if they put pressure on this, uh, you know, I don't know exactly what the relationship is, but if they in any way put pressure on uh, Robinhood to stop, freeze the ability of uh, in people to purchase the stock, but allow them to sell the stock, that the only thing that can do is put a downward pressure on the price of the stock, which is enormous price manipulation. <laughs> and this is a broker doing it, the broker being Robinhood. So I, yeah. I just can't, like, I don't know if there were communications, but the whole thing, it people were crying foul immediately and not, not without, you know, they messaged people basically saying, you can't buy this stock because of excess volatility. And, <clears throat> you know, just to clarify, the exchanges themselves i'm not talking about Robinhood, but like the stock exchanges themselves freeze trading all the time when something is receiving excess volatility that's not what this was this was them freezing only buying <laughs> and uh under circumstances where i just don't think this it, it doesn't have any precedent as far as i yeah, because that that's the thing it, right like they still allowed to close the position like you, yeah you were allowed to sell into, yeah Mm-hmm. Which means someone was on the other side of those trades, by the way. <laughs> so someone yeah. was still allowed to to make the purchases. Um, but the because everybody has to, you know, there has to be once the trade clears, uh, you know, if they're assuming people who were still emptying out of their positions were still clearing these trades, uh, someone is purchasing that stock. Uh, 
So the only, you know, once they did that, the only possible thing was downward pressure on the price. I think, you know, I have heard that the SEC is looking into it. Don't know if they're going to do anything. Don't know if they can prove anything. Don't know if there's anything to prove, right? Could have been, could have been Robin Hood uh, just taking, maybe as a broker dealer, taking themselves, taking it upon themselves to do this because they knew Melvin was might might be getting hurt, you know, without receiving any communication from Melvin um, or anybody, really. Um, and in that case, then is that a problem? Maybe, but it, maybe that problem is just within Robinhood, right? Maybe that problem is just a, a dispute, a shareholder or a, a broker dispute, right? If you sue your right. broker saying they... But then it's not like some vast criminal conspiracy or, or you know, maybe just not a provable one. <laughs> Uh, so I but, I do want to get into the conversation of like what's what's going to be done or what what does this mean for the future or or what the SEC, SEC will do uh, regarding this. But before I do, Sam, I wanted to ask you because you're you've been more on the outside. I don't think you've been following this like this. definitely not as closely as Daniel. I have been following it, uh, which is the sane thing to do. Um, but does <laughs> this make any sense to you? Like uh, like as as. What you follow from the story, does it make sense or is it just like complete um, nonsense? Most of it to me is is nonsense. But, and that's okay. But I I do understand overall what's going on. They're just you know, the Redditors are just trying to pretty much like fuck over the hedge funds, right? That's what's trying to that's what they're trying to do. And again, there's a debate uh, about that, like whether some of them are really well. One, there's probably people just trying to make money, right? Like they're yeah, <laughs> they're looking course. at this just go up, and they're just gonna like I'm gonna get in on this and then get out. Um, but yeah, there are people that I think either to make a point or for the lulls, so to speak, uh, or to just watch these hedge funds burn. Yeah, I, th I think there's a lot of people that are just buying it, and they're because a lot of them are holding on to the money. A bull to the moon, you know, like they're not, they're not selling. They're, they're, they're keeping their stock. They're not closing their position and they're just seeing how high this sucker goes. And it's still kind of, it's still up, right? Like it's still, it's still it's in a pretty good 315. I mean, the, the, the short, the people in the short position will do things to influence the market. That's the thing is these hedge funds play these games with each other, like a game of battleship all the time. They they do momentum plays against one another. They find out about each one another's short positions and they attempt to market squeeze. It doesn't typically happen like this, where it's sort of this D the D, average uh, person. Yeah, the average or decentralized it. group of investors doing it. But uh it, the but again, the, this is the same kind of stuff that they do all the time because they have the ability to move markets by just, you know, we'll we'll uh release this this equity will call in this favor and get this equity released on the market and and cause the price to plummet and try to scare all the retail investors into selling their shares and but these you know it's a it's a it's a prisoner's dilemma all these people are basically saying no we're just going to hold it we're going to hold the stock and see how high it goes and if it busts it busts and we lose everything but fuck it we're just going to hold it and that is crazy <laughs> It's crazy, right. but it seems to be working because it, it, as long as they hold it, it obtains, it keeps the value. Because these hedge funds go out into the market and try to close their positions, and nobody's selling the stock at the price that they want to buy it for, right? Um, so, there's a big what happens if it busts? Like, does that mean that the the retail investors will owe money? 
Well, they'll lose money. Uh, they will or... lose money. So, oh, go ahead. But will they have to pay them pay the money back? Is that or will be taken out of their bank accounts? They already paid the money for the stock. Okay, so, so really, so... there's like they can sell it but not get any money. But they're not really right, losing they're... any money in the end. Yeah, but right? these stocks, this stock is just a piece of paper that's worth an X dollar amount of money at this point. I mean, stock. We can have a debate about how much of the stock market is real and how much is bullshit. I actually think that some of it is pretty real and but this part of it is definitely bullshit like there's not there's not nobody thinks that gamestop stock in any inherent way is worth 312 dollars right it's just worth 312 dollars because there's a short squeeze going on Uh, so the problem is if people are in holding the stock and they spent you know say someone was like oh gamestop stock it's going up i'm gonna put my life savings into it and they put their life savings at, you know, 250, 300. And then it tomorrow it's at $12. They suddenly their life saving is, is, you know, a hundred dollars in GameStop stock, you know? Yeah. It's a dangerous game and it's, it's gambling. This, this day trading like this is just no different than it's even, it's honestly even worse than gambling because it's speculating. It's not, it's not just rolling a dice. It's, it's, you are in the market. It's bare knuckle jungle capitalism. You are in the market to just grab value from the other person. And that's the end of it, right? You're trying yeah. to obtain value from the market. So, uh, got so will this be further regulated then? Do you think? Like, and how do you regulate this? Uh, unless you can actually prove it is a pump and dump scheme. Like, what do you, what does the SEC do? Like, what? What does any SRO do to try to regulate this? And honestly, it would be very unpopular. I mean, can you imagine them r- arresting like some, like some, a couple of like dipshit redditors <laughs> who got, who executed like this this elaborate? I don't know. Maybe they'll get like a, a, a core group of redditors. But I honestly think the the if they were to do that, people would cry foul because they would say, "Look, you you, you do it." You never do it when the big guys do it, and you're just doing it when we're doing it. I don't know. I, I can just imagine sitting on that jury. Would you not acquit? <laughs> would you not? Would you guys not vote? To, I mean, maybe that's why we could never be on a jury like that. But I feel like I would acquit that person immediately under under these circumstances, even if they did yeah. something semi shady, just because. Hey, well, you, you let so, the big guys get away with this kind of stuff all the time. Go, go yeah, ahead. hedge funds do this all the time, and they never the SEC doesn't do anything. They do. So I'm not saying the SEC. I, look, I don't say I don't think the SEC doesn't do anything. And there's an argument over whether there's they're not they're just behind the times. Like it, they do not have the tools to to catch some of this stuff because it's so elaborate like i said these momentum plays happen all the time they're just done in a lot more subtler ways than people screaming on a reddit forum out in public oh, right okay. so it's like yeah that that's what i'm saying and and even deeper into this like for example if you know there were discussions and i'm not saying that there were but if there were discussions between anyone at robin hood and melvin about stopping uh stopping people from buying this stock in order to you know keep the price up or that would be the implication of it. Uh, that to me is is a far more serious <laughs> situation than than any kind of like scheme. Some idiot, some 
goofballs, some delightful goofballs on Reddit thought up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and it should and, be noted that as far as we can tell, none of this is based on any kind of insider information. All of this is, is as far as we know, publicly available information that you can, you can get the information as how hot, why, or that game GameStop was so highly shorted, right? Like that's that's exactly. public information. That's all public that information. Can, exactly. The the short positions, it's all public information. That's why somebody noticed that the short the float on the short for GameStop was 140%, which is <laughs> which to just explain what that means is that the the stock had been shorted more than it existed, which mean means that either there was a lot of stock being shorted multiple times or what's called naked short selling was happening. And that's a layer that's a layer deeper than maybe we want to get into. But just very briefly, you short something, you don't have to actually borrow it. You just have to identify it's available to borrow. Naked short selling is when you fail to identify it's there to borrow. It still happens. It is illegal, but it still happens all the time. Um, and... I'm not saying there was naked short selling here. I'm just saying it's hard to imagine someone shorting that much GameStop stock without some sort of naked short selling. That the implication of that is that well, I don't I don't even want to talk about the implications of that because it's a little crazy. The point is there may have been some naked there may have been shenanigans behind setting themselves up in the short position and seeing people fail for doing a bunch of dirty deeds is adds a little bit of of fun to this so hopefully you know hopefully some people who did some bad stuff actually get hurt and it may actually hurt some of these hedge funds and you know maybe maybe we'll see some some change in the way so the markets behave in this regard at least uh you know not setting themselves up in such a crazy position because again when you take such a big short position, you're setting yourself up for infinite losses <laughs> if if somebody finds out that you're in that position and decides to squeeze you, you know? I feel like there's either going to be significant changes or this is this this whole situation is going to change the process, um, perhaps uh, some um, re further regulation, or in about two weeks, we're just going to forget this whole thing happened. And we're just gonna move on, and nothing, nothing's gonna be done until the next short squeeze comes around. Um, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know if history it, books. I don't. I'm not that convinced. I uh, maybe the, the all of the prior four years where everything we think is just this massive big deal, and then about two, three weeks later, some other massive big deal comes around, and we just completely forget about about the prior thing. Maybe this that's could turn into PTSD. Some, some very weird thing where. Somehow, just a bunch of normal people own GameStop <laughs> and then just start running it as some sort of workers' cooperative. I know that's not going to actually happen, but I just don't. I don't know what the end end game of this is because. It, so to add another level of complexity onto this, these short contracts are due like periodically. Nobody knows, so you you know that there's a short position, but you don't know when. I don't think, again, I'm not an investment expert. I don't know a lot about this. I don't think the the when those shorts are due is public information. So it's possible that the squeeze, so-called squeeze, just runs out of steam after a while and you know, sustaining losses over time, but eventually the stock price falls enough that these entities are able to cover their short positions fairly cheaply without bleeding out cash just because 
you know, eventually it won't be as memeified and people will just run out of money and, and it'll just kind of lose steam after a while. That's, that's the game with this kind of stuff is that hedge funds have the money to squeeze. Uh, do normal people, retail investors have the kind of coordination and money to keep this kind of thing up? I, I'm not totally convinced, you know, they're not, they're not able to, to sort of change position as, as quickly as, as a hedge fund might be, you know, and change yeah. their strategy. But then again, I have no idea what I'm thinking, what I'm talking about when it comes to this. And to be honest, once you spend enough time on these forums, you start to realize why a lot about why there's such a huge overlap between like investment day trader guys and conspiracy theory theorists. Because <laughs> a lot of these theories are like, oh yeah, the hedgies are all meeting guys, the hedge fund guys, and they go into some crazy, crazy directions. So I think, uh, you know, again, this stuff is gambling. Do not enter this stuff unless you're prepared to just lose it all because it's not it's not a game. It's not financial planning. It is gambling. Uh, and, you know, hopefully this some good can come out of this and hopefully a lot of people won't be left leaving the bag. And and, you know, I hope that that regulators take a look at this and take the right uh, the right lessons from it. Not that. <laughs> you know that thing I that just, always happens. Regulators taking the right lessons. I just find it yeah, hilarious that you happens. say that you say it's not a game, and that this whole thing is re- revolving around GameStop. It is a horrifying, whole, horrifying game. I'm just thinking of the whole like, like the whole sir, this is a Wendy's, but just like sir, this is a GameStop. <laughs> <laughs> After listening to all these conspiracy theories and, and these investments, I just have a, a suitcase full of stock certificates that I printed <laughs> off from the internet, and I'm demanding that they give me games in exchange. Like they're outside of a GameStop, like just yelling at an employee, sir, sir. This was worth three hundred twelve dollars four weeks ago. You have to let me buy a used version of Cyberpunk twenty seventeen. GTA five right now. <laughs> Just using your stock. Oh my gosh. Uh well that's it, guys. That, that that'll be the investment hour here in Family that's the Reminder. Stonks coverage. The Stonks cover- coverage for now. Uh let's move on to what's really more in our wheelhouse, and that's politics. And that is the Biden administration, and that is the new Congress. Um I'm not sure if in all this craziness, uh, you guys followed the most recent impeachment vote uh that senator Rand paul you know one of our faves here here in the podcast uh (laughs) he put forth in the senate uh essentially saying to vote on whether the uh, whether impeaching a former president of the united states is unconstitutional and 45 gop senators voted in favor so voted in, in saying that it is indeed unconstitutional to uh impeach a former president of the united states uh which basically indicates that there's nowhere near enough i believe they need 17 gop senator uh votes to to actually convict um there's only five that even said <laughs> that declared that it is constitutional to impeach a former president of the united states so it kind of just makes it's it's cl- a clear indication that they don't have an, enough votes to convict. Obviously, these these idiots are cowards. They cannot defend Trump on the merits, so they're trying to get away with this. 
frankly, pathetic technicality. What's the rule is the president can literally do anything the last two weeks because we won't be able to kick him out of office fast enough. Like, can he drone strike the Capitol building? It is a joke because there's only, the only other thing that can hold the president accountable is electoral. And at that point, he's lost the fucking presidency or he's exiting because it's the end of his second term anyway. So <laughs> it's it's an absolute joke. And clearly they're just doing it to to so they don't have to debate the merits of it, because on the merits of it, he committed a impeachable, like clearly committed impeachable offenses. It's not even a close one. So I understand why they're trying to hang their hats on this bullshit, but it doesn't make any sense. I'm not sure people buy it. It also doesn't technically make sense because he was already impeached while he was president. So they're not impeaching a former president. They impeached a current president, and now they're going yeah. to try a former president. So I don't know. Whole thing is bullshit. Uh, they're clearly just trying to have their cake and eat it too. I'm probably going to couple this with the uh, the coronavirus bill uh, that's being debated right now and how the Democrats can can go about passing the bill. But well, before of course, I get to that, unity, right? Because it's yeah. all about unity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it's. I, I'm so tired of hearing this like, oh, after after the Capitol uh, insurrection, it, it was like, oh, this is a reckoning for, for the GOP. Like, it's time for them to come to terms. And, oh, McConnell wants to get rid of Trump and he's done with him and, and they're going to move on from this nonsense. And now, and this is in the Senate where the, supposedly there, there's a, a more, a, a bigger case reasonable. for moderate Democrats, for, yeah, for quote unquote reasonable Republicans to, to, uh, to have power and influence. 45 out of the 50 GOP senators voted for this uh and they're they're all under trump like there is there i don't even think this is the civil war that the that uh, the media is saying that the gop is is going through this is still like 95 percent owned there was no trump. civil war it was it was a complete media narrative they were like oh it's a civil war and then it popped in in two seconds and they were back fully behind trump and this is the party going forward you know i i, I feel like this is more the party of Marjorie Taylor Greene than that is a party of Susan Collins or the party of Mitt Romney. Um, this is the GOP. And we have to recognize that first. And we have to admit that first, that this is a party of QAnon. This is a party of insurrection. This is a party of white supremacy. And then once we accept that, then we can ask the question, should we actually make deals with these people? And I don't know why your answer would ever be yes, unless you actually support what they support. And that gets me to the coronavirus bill, uh, which is to say there's this whole thing of, of like, what's the debate, right? Should Democrats go forward? Like, let's leave the filibuster aside. Let's pretend that we can't blow it up, even though we should. Um, but if the filibuster exists, then there's two ways the Democrats can go forward with passing the coronavirus bill. And that's either A, through reconciliation, um, which is a Senate procedure that um, I believe can be used once a year. Um, I don't want to get too wonky into it, um, but you can use it once a year to pass a bill uh, and circumvent the filibuster. So you can pass it with just a majority vote. I believe it has to be strictly due to the um, dealing with the budget. Uh, which I, you know, the argument is that about 90% of the coronavirus bill uh, falls under that. Uh, you can get into an, an argument that perhaps the minimum wage does not. So, the, um, uh, and then the Affordable Care Act of uh, 2010. Uh, and I think the problem with both of those is not only did the Democrats try to compromise with Republicans and, and eventually 
did not really succeed outside of maybe with the, with the stimulus bill getting like two or three Republican votes, but they they compromised with each other, right? Like they negotiated down with with each other. The ACA, the reason there was no public option wasn't really because of the Republicans, is because it didn't really have that much support with Democrats either. Um, and uh, that, that remember, the public option was Obama's proposal uh, when he was the primary candidate. It was Hillary Clinton that supported the mandate. Uh, and once he became president, it, he kind of noticed that there wasn't support for the public option. So he went with the mandate, too. Um, and that was within Democrats. Uh, and that's a criticism. I think Ezra Klein actually has a, a pretty good article. I don't know what's what's the stature of Ezra Klein among leftist circles, but I think he made a fairly good article in the New York Times right now that essentially like Democrats need to learn from the lessons of 2009 and go big because if you don't do it, if, if you don't make actually make legislation that people feel and people see in their pockets and people and and they can a tangible thing like you mentioned a couple of episodes ago daniel where the, the stimulus checks are these tangible things that people can feel and immediately uh be happy about uh unless they don't unless they do that then they're just gonna get killed into in 2022 like they got killed in 2010 uh in the house Right where they lost a, a huge majority that they had in the house, and then that's it. Once you lose one chamber, that's it. That's probably it for the Joe Biden administration. Like they're going to be uh, completely chained hamstrung. down and not, yeah, hamstrung, and not, they're not going to be able to do anything. So there is no option here for me, at least the way I see it, to try to compromise with Republicans. The moment you do, you're going to come come up with a, a compromise bill that people are not going to feel. Uh, we may even see the, the stimulus checks either get watered down to 600 or just disappear entirely, and you're going to get killed in the midterms. And then they won't even, they won't even vote, they won't even vote for it in the end. They'll say, yeah. oh, the Democrats are jamming it down our throats just like they did with the Obamacare. Yeah, if, if if they can't get to sixty, then it's 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 not going to matter. So, I want this to be through re reconciliation immediately. I think it should be done before we even start the impeachment trial, which is on the eighth of February. So why? That's, so do you think Democrats are doing this or not? It does not seem like they are. It seems like they're tiptoeing around this and being very. <clears throat> I mean, it might just be because Joe Manchin. I don't know. You tell me. It does not I, seem like they're pushing as hard as they can. I don't think it's going to be done with the timeline that I just mentioned, like before the the uh, the start of the impeachment. My prediction is that come late February, early March, they're going to pass it through reconciliation. Um, whether it's this $1.9 trillion bill that we see here, I'm not exactly certain. I can, again, I could see Democrats... Uh, negotiate negotiate down with each other. I'm yeah. hoping not, but I think either way, this is going to pass through reconciliation because they have no choice, and I hope they realize it. The only concern to me is Joe Manchin. I think he's he's and maybe um, Kristen Cinema. Is, it, is yeah. that her name? Uh, well, the, from uh, Arizona wasn't Mark Kelly from Arizona also a concern, or am I? No, I don't believe that. so. Uh, okay, I, I'll look into it a little bit more, but I don't believe so. I, I think those those are the two that are, and those Both are the of, two that also don't want to kill the filibuster or yeah. Basic McConnell got got them to say that they're on the record not to kill the the filibuster, uh, which is stupid. But again, yeah. this isn't even killing the filibuster. This is using this one Senate procedure 
to pass a bill that we need now. And we need it the way it is, uh, or at least 90% of the way it is. Otherwise, COVID is not going to be solved. This economy is in a standstill. Let's not forget that the last jobs report was terrible. Like it, it, it what with 200,000 jobs lost this means that the economy is at a halt like whatever the boost we got from opening the economy forgetting about covid just getting everybody out there the boost that we got from that is over and we need actual legislation to help us and help the situation help the economy but also help this health crisis that we're going through right now and help the vaccine uh, vaccine distribution this is not the time to compromise. You have to do this now or you're going to get killed. Do you think they realize it? Again, I'm probably being optimistic. I think this will pass through reconciliation, but it's going to pass in March when it should be passing now. But it looks like you think it's just... My, my prediction is they'll let it get watered down. They'll, they'll let the checks get watered down. Republicans have every incentive to get the checks watered down and then not vote for it. <laughs> Because they'll say, hey, look, Democrats sent you watered down checks. <laughs> um, right. But that's like, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, if, if, if the, what is the incentive of working with Republicans at this I point? I don't know. It's like if, Lucy with the football, right? Charlie Brown yeah. is always going to run at it. That's, and I don't want to get too deep into this, but the problem might be with the leadership of the Democratic Party, which is to say, they are old as hell and they've been they've been in the institutions that they have been in for a long time so when it's you not know just the democrats i mean look at mitch mcconnell no no i i agree i agree but we're the party of the we're supposedly the party of the progressives and the future we should be younger you know we should have younger people in leadership than 80 year old people who keep getting right I... the other day the other day uh who was it who was it that got rushed to the hospital? Uh, Pat. Patrick uh, Leahy. Patrick Leahy got rushed to the hospital. Patrick Leahy is one of the two Democratic senators from Vermont. Sorry, uh, actually, Bernie Sanders is an independent, but he caucuses with Democrats. But the point is, it, Patrick Leahy is like a billion years old, just like every other senator. If Patrick Leahy died, uh, Vermont is one of those crazy states that uh, elects socialist senators and Republican governors. The governor of Vermont is a Republican and could have replaced Patrick Leahy <laughs> with a Republican, literally ending the Democrats' majority, their hard-fought majority, in overnight because the Democratic leadership is filled with eighty-year-old people. Uh, I, it's, I it's don't, just, I, I don't disagree that they're too old, yeah. and I would like to see younger leadership now. The coin flip of that is like, yeah, you might get younger uh, senators, but they're probably going to be more of the ilk of John Ossoff or Pete Buttigieg than than AOC, right? Like, e yeah. even if that were to happen. But I would still prefer, I don't want to, you know, the, the health scare that Leahy gave me, like, I don't want to go through that. And the, no. and the fact that our majority that, uh, again, especially the people in Georgia, that the activists in Georgia that fought so hard for it can go away because this guy could get go COVID tomorrow and die, <laughs> like, is, is, is infuriating. Um, yeah. And they're, they're, they're always in Congress, like, they, 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 like, a bunch of senators almost got killed uh, just a few weeks ago. Um, but I digress. I, I'm, I'm talking about this specific situation where I just don't even the, when you talk about leadership, like I don't believe Schumer or Pelosi have said anything uh, where they're, they're discounting reconciliation. In fact, I yeah. think Schumer actually said that 
he's in favor of it if it comes to that. Like if it if there are no no Republicans coming to the table and actually making good faith negotiation, then yeah, let's let's use reconciliation. Obviously, Bernie Sanders he loves reconciliation. That's that's his whole thing. Oh like, man. Even, to a fault, maybe I, I still don't know what his stance is on the on the filibuster, but he's all about reconciliation. And so, this is we were talking about Ro. We saw that appearance, but this is going to get a little deep. But we saw an appearance by Ro Khanna, uh, who said, "Oh, we should be able to pass everything." More, you know, reconciliation is limited. So, for example, the minimum wage increase—that's part of this COVID relief bill. That's that's cut, you know, set in over time and fifteen dollars by twenty twenty four, whatever it is. Uh, that would probably not be able to pass through reconciliation, although it's up to, I believe, the Senate parliamentarian, is it? Someone, that's not yeah. me, has to decide what passes through <laughs> reconciliation. The point being that uh, Ro Khanna was on TV basically saying, well, then we should make it so reconciliation, can you can pass all this stuff through it, like a minimum wage increase. And it's like, why are they doing this? Why are they going through this circuitous route to pass this stuff? Just blow the freaking filibuster up so that all of this stuff yeah. just can pass with the simple majority. It doesn't make any sense to, to try to fit all this stuff into reconciliation. It didn't make any sense, to be frank, to fit Obamacare, a healthcare bill, through budget reconciliation. But, uh, you know, their, their attempt, you know, they should have just blown up the filibuster then, but... And I, yeah. I want to say when when uh, they passed again, I, I mentioned this earlier, but when they passed Obamacare through reconciliation, they had 59 senators in the Senate. If we had 59 senators right now, I'd be calling for two thousand dollar checks every single week coming straight to my bank account. OK, Democrats yeah. like yeah. like uh, forget about the filibuster. That's the first order of business. That's that's the first thing against the wall. Do, do they think American uh, normal Americans give a shit about bipartisanship? That they're really going to be like, oh, yeah, uh, I can't go to work and my entire neighborhood, you know, everybody is is can't pay their mortgage or can't pay their rent and people are getting evicted. Uh, my biggest concern is that uh, Mitt Romney is going to be disappointed in the, in the bill and won't vote for it. Come on. This is freaking like our our. Are people just so trapped in their their information bubbles that they think that. The strategy yes. that's going to be popular with Americans is is to come together. Well, go, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I mean, well, two things I want to mention. It's like, well, yeah, that that's that's what I mean. Like when Republicans passed uh, the tax cuts in 2017, there was no argument. There was no uh, no question as to whether they were going to use reconciliation or not, uh, or whether they were going to bring Democrats to the table. Of course, they weren't. They were just going to jam it through. Um, and and so this is. Uh, this should be what what the Democrats should look at that and just be like, okay, well, if they did it, then we're going to do it right now. Now, in terms of like, are they too into like their information circle? Everywhere I've seen, including you know what's what's called like a more liberal or moderate lanes, like in Pod Save America uh, or even MSNBC, like they're calling to just push this through reconciliation. I really haven't seen that many outside of maybe like some New York Times ed editorials or maybe David Brooks, who's not even a Democrat, like saying that we need to come together and we need to actually compromise. I haven't seen that many like mainstream Democrats or liberals really uh, being against reconciliation. I, again, uh, the filibuster is another story. I, I agree with you, Daniel. I think this is stupid. I, I this reconciliation is not going to solve everything, and it can only be used once a year. And the problems are too big to constantly rely on it. But still, at least when it comes to that, I feel like 
95% of liberals are there. I, I don't really see this as being a big debate outside of the Senate and outside well, of maybe some mainstream circles. Like, Well, the problem some, is maybe a lot of Democrats think that they are went too far left and I don't know. They they got they Joe Biden got his support from the suburbs, from these people who are, you know, wealthy but didn't like Trump and and maybe don't like the leftward direction. But I just don't believe maybe maybe I just do not believe that these people are like, well, I I mean, filibuster reform, that's my main. I just don't believe that these people care about this specific issue so much that they're going to care. Uh in the long term. So I just, I just don't see from my perspective, it's going away. The filibuster is going to go away. It's been being worn down for years. It's been, it's been abused so much that it's, that it's slowly being chipped away uh, by Democrats and Republicans. So, so the best thing they can do is get rid of it. Now, it, you know, if I were in charge of the administration, here's what I would do. Or the administration and Congress, if I were basically <laughs> if you were God, our God, get rid of the filibuster now. It's going away anyway. Get rid of it now so you can maximize the amount of shit you can actually get done. And then just do stuff that's going to people and make them want to vote for you. Like, yeah. clearly, there's a crisis of credibility going on with both parties. People are disillusioned. Nobody likes either party. <laughs> Like the, you, and and this is not me saying both parties are the same. Clearly, Democrats are far better than Republicans. But my point is that if they do stuff that benefits everybody, like both that people are going to take notice and 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 pay attention and vote for them, even if they think they suck, <laughs> even if they yeah. think they suck, if they feel like they're being benefited in some way, they will vote for you. They will vote for you because right now people are voting for the system to be torn down. Um, they they. Because they don't feel like they benefit from it. So so give them some sort of tangible benefit. And I feel like that's how I I would proceed. Um, I would not approach this as a a well, we gotta get Republicans on our side and we gotta get everything, because I don't think that is how people see it, frankly. My message to Democrats is this. You're right, Daniel. I think the filibuster is going to go away. And I think the fastest ways are the following. The quickest way is for the Democrats to kill it now. Reconciliation isn't going to be enough for their entire agenda. To pass the COVID bill, to put a healthcare public option, to reform Im immigration. If they want all of this, they have to kill the filibuster now. Or the second quickest way is not to do that. Compromise with the Republicans. And in 2022 or in 2024, when Republicans hold both chambers of Congress and President Tom Cotton sits in the White House, they'll kill it then. And they'll kill it to pass whatever bullshit they want to pass then. You might as well do it now when you can take advantage of there being no filibuster rather than wait for Republicans to kill it and Democrats to be on the receiving end of it. The Republicans will be in power again at some point. Uh, keep in mind, this is a 50-50 split in the Senate, and it's a tiny majority in the House. I mean, in 2008, they had a huge majority. Uh, they even had a super majority in the Senate and a big majority in the House. And little by little, it was all chipped away until in 2016 when it was all gone. Again, do it now. Now, before it's the, the moment demands it. If this was like, if our economy was great, um, if there wasn't uh, huge social issues going on, if we weren't in the middle of a fucking pandemic, even then I would still say kill the filibuster, but now the moment demands it. And if you don't do it, 
again, it's 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 going to be a bloodbath in, in 2022. And let's not forget how close we were to losing democracy this year. Um, and we're only moments away. And the only way you can stem off this 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 crisis is by going big. I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to see. I don't know. I don't know if they're capable of that. I think they will go medium. Not not. Uh, and I, I'm not trying to impugn their motives or anything. I'm not trying to say they're corrupt. They're just very in their own worlds, in their own information bubbles. Right. So my hope, my hope is that the they're hearing the- oh, 1,400 checks is too much. We should probably do less because of the budget. Yeah, they they turn on Morning Joe and and Morning Joe is like, yeah, 1,400 seems like a lot or, or something. I don't know what Morning Joe is actually saying, but I'm sure I don't know. I, somebody I the is other talking day, about. I think Joe Scarborough the other day was like praising Bernie Sanders or something. So oh, well, hey, you never I mean, know. If they're that. not listening at that point, then I don't. I don't even know. I, don't, I Joe Scarborough is is calling for the seizing the means of production, and the Democrats yeah. are like. Ah, Oh, <laughs> crazy know, Jeff. Uh, well, it, to to be it's fair, approaching and again, crisis. It, I think it's approaching crisis levels at this point. If the Democratic Party cannot reflect the will of the sort of electorate, not even reflect the will of the electorate, just make themselves popular enough where they're going to win re-election and not hand the keys over to. Uh, the guys on the other side, who a lot of them have some very, very <laughs> disturbing ideas about the directions they want to take the country in. Which it's funny that we didn't talk, we didn't actually talk about Republicans <laughs> a lot in this show, which is probably good. Trump said things were going to get boring after he left. Ah, fuck you, Trump. We don't need you. We can make our own fun. Yeah, we don't America. need you. Yeah, yeah, stonks. <laughs> Sam, I want to thank you for joining me today. Thank you, guys. Daniel, thank you for joining me this week. Thank you so much. And to our listeners, I hope you enjoyed our show, our stock analysis. Again, please don't make any stupid investments during this whole time. But I do want to thank all of you for listening to us today. And we'll see you next week for another episode of Friendly Reminder.